0: Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Grow My Salon Business Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Whitaker, and it's great to have you here with us today, whether you're a returning listener or perhaps this is your first time. Welcome. Now, I want to say thank you for the feedback on the podcast. The reviews that people have posted really mean a lot to me. I do read every one of them, and I wish it was like social media where I could reply to you, but you know who you are, so a heart Thanks. And if you haven't yet left us a review, I have a little favor to ask of you, and that is that you rate and review us on the Apple Podcast app. It's really easy, only takes a minute, and all my guests willingly give up their time to share their insights and knowledge with you. So if you enjoy the podcast, think of the review as a way of thanking them for their time. All you have to do is go to the Apple Podcast app, search Grow My Salon Business, and scroll to the bottom of the page. Select ratings and review and write a review, and we would be very appreciative. Okay, so with that said, let's get on with the show. Now, every week, I average four or five emails from people wanting to be on the podcast, and 99% of them never end up on the show because they essentially just have something to sell and they see it as an opportunity to promote their product or service. But that's not why I do the podcast. Now, at this point in time, the podcast is not sponsored and we do not take advertising. So everyone I feature, I do so because I think that they're doing something that I believe is interesting and should be interesting to the widest possible global audience of hairdressers and salon owners. Now, as I often say, this industry is all about change. I suppose in reality, every industry is about change and the salon business is certainly not immune to the changing forces of technology, consumer trends, and generational changes. But today's podcast is specifically focused on changes in the professional salon retail model. And my guest on today's podcast is Randy Cotton, who is the president and GM of Salon Interactive. Now, at the moment, Salon Interactive is only US-based, But no matter where you live in the world, you will want to listen to this as I firmly believe it will play a big role in the salon retail model of the future. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Mr. Randy Cotton. Anthony, thank you so much for
1: having me. And it's a pleasure to be here.
0: It's an absolute pleasure to have this opportunity to talk to you. I know that a lot of people are going to learn a lot about retail and dare I even say the future of the retail business, uh, no matter where you are in the world. So uh look, before we dig into all that, what I'd like to do is just start off with a with a brief overview. Who is Randy Cotton? Just give us your sort of you know, two-minute backstory, so to speak.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I uh I grew up in the US. Um I am My background is in engineering. I spent almost seven years in Switzerland. Um, I I received my degree there and then started a logistics supply chain business uh, in Central Europe and moved back to the United States in 2016 to start a business um, in the beauty industry for the very first time with a colleague of mine. Um, And we built that business and worked very closely with a company that those in the US will know uh, quite well, Ulta Beauty. and i exited that company in at the end of um tw- or sorry the first month of 2020 january of 2020 and started at salon interactive basically immediately following um i built quite a relationship with jim bauer who's the founder of salon interactive um you know we were we called ourselves co uh you know cooperative competition in my previous business and uh we really enjoyed working together and, and got to know each other quite well so we started um working here together at Salon Interactive.
0: Great, okay. Well, that's what we're gonna talk about today, Salon Interactive, because, I've, I've sort of um, spoken about them or mentioned them several times on different podcasts and in conversations that I've had. But to be really honest, I didn't really know what it was I was talking about in any great detail. So uh, it's been a fantastic uh, learning curve for me. And so I was really excited to to get you on the podcast because um, I, I genuinely do think that a lot of what you're doing is in varying degrees, it's the future of uh, retail, not instead of but as well as I sort of very much see it being a hand in hand thing. So, um, as you just mentioned, a lot of uh, you know a lot of the audience listening to this will be American and they'll be familiar with brands like Alter and they'll be familiar with Salon Interactive. But outside of the US, uh, in the UK, Europe, Australia, they won't have a clue what it is that we're about to start talking about. So, before we dig in and go into a lot of detail, could I just get you to give? A simple explanation of what Salon Interactive is, and then we can start to dig into a lot more detail.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Salon Interactive is really an opportunity for stylists, beauty professionals, uh, as we like to call them, to increase their revenue um, and do some of the things in their business that they they perhaps don't love to do. So I always challenge people to find me a hairdresser or a beauty professional who. Um, got into the industry because they really loved marketing or because they love doing their inventory. Um, This is an artistic community. And this tool is really meant to to help them in their day-to-day through creating an online store for them, which is meeting their clients where they are increasingly shopping. Right, Um, So now they can compete right there with the Amazons or the online sellers who have been for the past 10 years taking sales away from this industry. Um, and then we also have two component, two other components that include salon ordering, which is the back bar fulfillment piece, so they can order products directly to their salon, um, directly from their brands or their distributors, depending on the model. And uh, we also have some marketing components that they can utilize to better communicate with their clients online um, and make sure they're following up. Because we like to, we like to say it, uh, completing the service, which is making sure you're providing the proper home care. Um, because it, you know, in our opinion, you haven't really finished until they're able to recreate that look at home. And a very important piece of that is is providing the proper home care.
0: Right. Okay. So everyone will be familiar with the word Amazon. Uh, you'd have to yeah. be, you know, living on the moon if you weren't. And in varying degrees, people are aware of the fact that depending on the country you live in, again, you can only do this actually in the US, uh, but you can have your own online store within the Amazon platform and sell retail through that. I know that you don't necessarily like the comparison because what you have at Saddle Interactive is very different to that. And I think this is where also that I was personally a bit confused. You know, is that I just thought to myself, "Oh, it's just another uh, affiliate marketing thing that you just give a client a link and they buy it from Saddle Interactive, and there'll be an affiliate scheme where you get a kickback." But it's not actually that. It's different to that. It it is a e-commerce platform. Where you sell retail from, but you own the e commerce platform. But as a salon owner, and tell me if I'm getting any of this wrong as a salon owner, I have my own branded website or my own branded store within the Salon Interactive website where consumers. Can buy products from, and I get a commission from without me having to hold all that stock in my own salon. Is that have I done? Have I done justice to what we're talking about?
1: Yeah, yeah, you have. I I think the the key differentiator that I like to point out is if if you're on Amazon or any other site that's doing what we call kind of affiliate linking. Um, there, there is typically a, a deep blue sea of other products there that are available to the client that you've sent there. Mm. They also, what you're doing is you're you're building a habit for them that that's where they go to buy their products. And if if it's your store, great, but often what happens is they end up on your store, but here's this other side thing that's a sale that has nothing to do with your store. And you click that and now they've navigated into another part and they're beyond the walls of your store because there are no walls, there's no barrier to exit. And so clients can end up buying the incorrect products because it it might be something that you would never recommend them. Amazon does not care at all about diverted products or products that are being sold into restricted territories or not sold through the correct channels or products that have expired or products that are knockoffs. They don't do any quality control. The only quality control is done by the brands themselves, which have to put a lot of work into that. And they're really doing that because that was Amazon's deal. As they told them, you have to come and set up an account with us. Otherwise, we'll let anybody and everybody sell your products. So it's a very, um, and again, this is, this is a bit my personal opinion, but it feels like a very hostile uh, relationship there in that it's kind of like, if you don't do this, we're going to let anyone else sell your products here and not stop them. Mm. The difference is that Salon Interactive, the store for the salon is very much their store they have control over which brands are sold there they have control that, you know and they could change that daily if they wanted to it's with a click of a few buttons as long as you have permission to sell those brands which we're verifying on the back end so they're putting in their account number with the brand or with the distributor they are verifying that they have a contract signed if there's a if, if there is a contract that's required to be signed and our platform does all the work to verify territory um, you know boundaries so we know if you're a salon in a specific zip code or, or area in Southern California, you have specific brands that are available to you and other brands that are not. And our platform handles all of that. So we're really trying to maintain the integrity of the professional beauty product market while also serving the salons and in, in what they need, which is a really easy way to keep up with these competitors who are coming in and not playing by the rules and basically just trying to get whatever product, whether it's the right one or not, into the hand of a consumer. And we focus on the client because the client relationship with the beauty professional is the most important thing. And and that's what we're here to protect and try to uh, enhance and uphold.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, now, I warned you, I'm going to jump all around the place. So um, because I have got 100 questions, you know, to ask you about all mm-hmm. this. And and I know that this sort of thing, it, it gets people's backs up sometimes as well. And part of the reason it gets their backs up is they don't understand it. And, uh, and I didn't really understand it either. And then the more we'd spoken before we started recording, the, the, the more clarity I've got around it. And um, I think some of the integrity of what you're doing comes from the fact that your founder um, and CEO uh, James is a hairdresser originally. As I'm correct in saying that, so he understands the, the, yep. the world of the salon owner, doesn't he? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, um, James or Jim, as we like to call him, uh, is the founder of the company and was a hairdresser. So he came out of. He was actually a, in the service. Uh, served the military in the United States. And when he left, um, he went to beauty school and got his license. He he studied under Sassoon um, and then in the Chicagoland area, um, started working in salons. He spent some time in California, started his own salons in Chicago when he was back there uh, and then ended up in the technology world through a bit of a fluke. Um, the software they were using was sunsetting. So they were no longer going to be supporting uh, and this was very early days, right? Uh, I think mm. early 90s. So it's like you had your little Mac computer on the desk and it's an installed software. Um, but they they decided to no longer support the software. It wasn't profitable for them or, or whatever the reason. So Jim and several other um, salon owners got together and developed a new software. Um, and Jim decided he didn't like that one enough. So he went and built his own, which is known to those in the US market. They might know Rosie Salon Software. Yeah. Um, so Rosie was, was Jim's company and all along the way, Salon Interactive and what we were doing was in his mind as something that really needed to be done. And he finally realized um, in around 2019 that he wasn't going to be able to do that if he was tied to a single point of sale booking scheduling platform. That it needed to be independent because it's really important that we have relationships with all the point of sale and booking scheduling platforms to really be able to service the whole industry Mm. and so he sold rosie in 2019 to shift focus solely onto salon interactive and that's uh that's really what brought us to today
0: okay so it's still it's privately owned salon interactive
1: that's correct yeah yeah
0: yeah so it's a lot of people listening to this will be thinking that you're a fulfillment center, that you're warehousing, and that you've got lots of product. But you're actually you don't carry any product. Are you? How would you describe the company? It's almost like it's a it's a tech company, isn't it? It's like an IT company. You don't have warehouses and pallets full of product that you're shipping out all over the you know the countryside. So it, it, am I right in giving it that sort of title? Absolutely. Absolutely,
1: we we are a technology company. I think you could say we we dabble and and play in the supply chain logistic because basically what we're doing is we're taking orders in and then we're making sure those orders are routed to the appropriate places. and And the real value we're bringing is our integrations to all these different brands and distributors to make sure that the that one that they're genuine products and and of course then again our platform is verifying. You know, do you as a beauty professional have an account with this brand or or distributor? Do you, you know? Are you who you say you are? Um, are your clients receiving the product they need? So we're really kind of living in that middle space. Our long-term vision is really you know, to bring everything together into this network where when somebody is setting up a new salon or there's a business owner who, who, who wants to you know, start a salon or even be on their own, that we have this network of tools that are already tied together that just make that so easy. Because again, I, I'll go back to what I said. There's no beauty professional who joins this industry because they love tech you know, and, and yet so much of their success is dependent on them working in with technology tools, right? Every point of sale, booking, scheduling, their marketing, all of these things are increasingly digital, right? Mm-hmm. And so for us, it's it's so important that we try to tie it all together, bring all of our all of these different pieces in the industry, these amazing tools that are doing things that can really help the beauty professional. But what's happening is this: when, when they're in the salon most of the time they're either behind the chair or they're focused on their people right because they're very artistic and human focused and so we're trying to just make it so easy for them to set something up that's going to work for them do what they need done without taking a ton of attention and time and i I know a few of them are tired of having to find 16 different passwords uh, to log into all their different online offerings whenever they uh you know are trying to do some work so that's that's our goal
0: Yeah, totally. Okay. And uh, I'm thinking about COVID, COVID in some ways must have been a bit of a blessing for you, because it just totally made people consider buying stuff online that they wouldn't have considered before, like I will buy lots of stuff online, but as a consumer. I wouldn't buy a bottle of shampoo online pre-COVID. I might now, mm. I would have bought books online, I would have bought all sorts of mm. other stuff online. But when it came to a bottle of shampoo, I would have been one of those people that said, ah, people don't wanna buy that online, they're gonna buy it in the salon. So I'm not saying that it's instead of, it's very much as well as, but I think that COVID, it must have, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, it must've just made your you know business go through the roof during that period of time. It
1: did, I, I mean, it was a massive accelerator. Um... We, we really launched the company in January of 2020, right? So we we had existed. We had clients that had been using our platform for years before that, but we were in what we kind of call like a beta stage where we weren't really talking. We weren't going out and, and banging pots and pans saying, Hey, we've got something that's helpful. We were testing and making sure it worked. And our goal was to have enough of the brands and distribution across the country that we could go out and say that. And then basically anyone anywhere could come and join so 2020 is really when we chose, okay, this is, you know, we're going to go. And we saw our sales kind of doubled to, from January to February. And when I say double, like very small amounts, you know, we're growing our business. And then from, from February to March, it looked like we were on track to do the same. And halfway through March, uh, you know, things shut down. And and we just went from hopefully doubling to something like 10 xing our revenue. And then, you know, 10X it again the next month. So we just had this massive growth, but what was challenging Anthony is that uh, the consumer has been buying online. It's been, they've been buying online for a while. I think that beauty industry was saying we don't think this is happening. We don't think they're buying online. But when you go and talk to any salon, you know, the ones that I've had the pleasure of speaking to, most of them, a pretty well run salon says they're selling products to you know three out of ten of their clients. Well, that means there's seven people who are buying products somewhere because one thing we know is 100% of people are typically using some kind of product. So so they were just missing out on all of that, right? And yet who better to make sure they're getting the right thing than the person who's actually put their hands on their head and and seen what their scalp looked like and, and felt their hair. And so, what we saw is now suddenly all clients are buying from salons and it's because the salons finally realized, Hey, we're going to, we're, we're closed. We're at home. We're going to send out recommendations to our clients. We had, we had clients calling salons going, Hey, how can we support you? We don't want you to go out of business. We love you. And so they're sending them the link to their online store and they're buying you know, a month's worth, a couple months worth of product just to try to support their beauty professional. So so that's kind of what happened. And then we came down and we really leveled off. And so now we're back in that phase of of building a a sustainable business, because that I can tell you, it was not fun to watch the, the pain and the suffering of all these salon owners. And we were so happy to have a product that was helpful to many of them. And we had, you know, wonderful clients calling us and telling us, and when I say I should specify salons, salon owners calling and saying, "Hey, you were the reason that we didn't shut our doors over mm-hmm. COVID, but we did lose many salons. We we lost a lot. A lot of them didn't make it, and and that was tough to see. And and then at the same time, now we're trying to battle a bit the perception that we were a life raft during this you know emergency, and now that life is you know back to normal or or we're back running that it's not necessary anymore." And yet, if you go back to those same salons who are selling thousands of dollars in product, uh, some of them are, are doing nothing online anymore. And and so yeah. we're we're trying to change that perceptive because that's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to change the narrative, like you said in the very beginning, that this is not a one or the other. This mm-hmm. is a, a a supporting piece to your business that should be carried, it should carry you up along with what you're already doing. It's not a huge deviation from your current. Yeah, you know business operations. It should be an addition rather than uh, an yeah. other.
0: Yeah, I I can imagine that there's some salons that, due to physical space, that they quite like the idea of not having to devote any wall space to retail shelving. That they can put a mirror and a chair there and generate more through services and and have the retail fulfillment side of things being handled by someone else without them having to a invest in it or be you know uh, have it in the salon and you know displaying it and etc cetera, etc cetera. but but i just want to go back to what you just spoke about and, and get you to just address that for a minute that there was a you know that there was massive growth during covid and then covid's over and it's a little bit like oh now we're all back to normal which obviously isn't in in your interest but Pre-COVID, all this was happening anyway. I think you just used the word accelerator. That COVID was a huge mm-hmm. accelerator for shopping online. Likewise, for my business, COVID was a big accelerator for people learning online, and right. a percentage of them have gone back to to wanting in-person education. Just like a percentage of people have gone back to want to buy everything in the salon, and the salon it's a great opportunity. You know, uh, so so if I had a salon, I would definitely. Want to have both these scenarios playing out, but I can I can understand why some people would go. Do you know what? I'm just happy not to have any money invested in inventory and to be able to uh, still offer the clients what they need. As long as they purchased it online, they still get a commission. It's a it's a win win for everybody. But but what I wanted to ask you about was just just talk to us about consumer buying patterns. If COVID hadn't happened and you and i were having this conversation you would be talking to me very much about how consumer buying patterns are changing that gen z have come along and that they want to buy online and social media and yada 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 you know so so all this was happening anyway it was just accelerated rapidly what what are your what, what are your sort of things you can add to that part of the conversation before we move on
1: Yeah, it's it's a fascinating topic, and there, I mean, there's you could there, there's people whose entire professions and PhDs are are done on this because it is really incredible to see what's happening. I, I think a lot of people often overestimate the number of the percentage of retail that's done online it's it's funny it's either a wild overestimate estimation or it's it seems like it's quite always under yeah. but right now in the world we you know that the general consensus and there's people who disagree with this but again the study that i've done you know the, the the studying i should say it's not my study um is that around 14 to 20% of of products are sold online and th- and that's every industry i'm not talking about just the beauty yeah. industry yeah. so so and that's up from 10 years ago 6% Yeah. So it's, it's rapidly increasing. Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking about trillions of dollars. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so that's a fascinating, you know, change. So it, so it clearly has gone more online, but, but what's really interesting is, is like you said that the shift, what happened is, is people, I mean, I can give a personal anecdote. I never bought groceries online right? Mm -hmm. I always went to the market. And I know in Europe, it's like, you you know, I'd go to the market almost every day, you pop in, you grab what you need for the day. And then it's just a quick 5-10 minutes stop every day. In the US, we shop a little bit differently. People will go with a big, huge trolley and, you know, fill up their cart. And, and, you know, it's uh, hundreds of dollars. And then you've got food for over a week, potentially. But I, I buy all groceries online. Now we get them delivered to our house. And that's that's something that never happened before. So we have these consumers who are, who were used to grabbing a bottle of shampoo when they were, you know, getting their hair done or, or, or getting their hair products there that have now gotten used to buying it online. And if you're not there to meet them with a store, that's got your stamp of approval on every product there, mm-hmm. they're going to end up on, on Ulta.com or at, uh, Amazon or Sephora, you know, they will be buying it somewhere else because yeah. they have gotten used to buying it. And so that's really what kind of our, one of our core messages is, is make sure you meet your clients where they are, right? They come to you for for what you need to, to give them in person. But if they're shopping online, it's it's really kind of your decision to, to choose to not meet them. Because again, what we do is free. I shouldn't say again, I don't think we mentioned that. It doesn't cost anything yeah. to set yeah, up a exactly. online store. Yeah. So it's a transactional model. We don't charge mm-hmm. for the stores. So you can come to us as long as there's a distributor or brand, that you have a relationship available in your area uh you can set up a store it takes about 15 minutes and you literally could be selling products uh within 15 minutes of setting up starting the setup process you can right. have someone purchase and they'd receive the product in 2 days and you'd get your your cut of the sale um you know that week so okay. it, it's incredibly simple and easy yeah. we really tried to do it in such a way that it reduces those barriers because again I know how painful it is and to go and, and have this like big technology undertaking. I mean, for any of the salons out there who have changed over their point of sale or like switched to a new booking or scheduling system, it's, it's just a lot of work and changes mm-hmm. hard. And even if something doesn't work perfectly for you, you get used to how the intricacies of it, right? And then when you have a new software that's core to running your business, it's like a whole new learning curve. And I just wanna, that's the message that I wanna make sure everyone hears is that you don't need to worry about that with Salon right. Inter- like we are not, that core management side of your business, we can be a setup, grab what you need. And then as long as you're getting it in front of your clients, there's no management needed. You're not having to go curate and do things. If you are happy with your brand still and happy with your distributors, as long as you're getting the store in front of your clients, they will buy from you and you will be making money. We joke that you can make money in your sleep. It's
0: you know, yeah, exactly, it's a
1: nice, nice method. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. Um, so, so let me go back to what I touched on earlier, and we'll, we'll sort of walk through this journey as to what this looks like. Um, so, I've made, I've given it the right analogy, saying that it's your own e-commerce branded store that is housed within Salon Interactive. Um, so, I've got that right. Now, walk me through what does that look like to the consumer. So, so, right. so, like, what is the URL? Is it, is it? Do they, you know, Anthony Whitaker at Salon Interactive, or is it just, you know, like, 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 what is it? But you know, what does that look like mm-hmm. for the consumer? What do they see? So currently, the way the URL looks, well, let me
1: start from the beginning because the beginning is the right mm-hmm. place to start. Yeah, what it looks like is they receive a link, or they scan a QR code, or you send them a product recommendation. Any of those scenarios, when you hit that link, you scan the QR code, or you click on the "I want to receive my product recommendation," it takes you to shop.saloninteractive.com forward slash my salon name. So Anthony Whitaker's salon. Yeah. So the URL, but the important part is it's a it's a web front, mm-hmm. and it has the salon logo in the upper left. Mm-hmm. Or if they haven't like some salons don't have a logo, well, you don't have to have one, you can just type in and it'll just be the text of the name of your salon. So it's very clear in that first moment. This is my salon store. Right? Okay. And again, the key is there is no navigating anywhere else, we don't allow them to navigate out of that store into someone else's store or oh. into our superstore where we're stealing say you know we don't have a store there's no sale that happens on Swan Interactive that's not directly attributed to a professional a, a beauty professional someone with a license who is yep. who is allowed to sell these professional products mm. so we're very clear about that so yeah the, the URL ends up having the Swan name in it whatever's chosen um we do have some aspirations at some point to potentially try to get even a little fancier with what the URL looks like to be even more clear. But today, it's we've never had clients calling us going like, I don't understand like, wh- what store am I in? As far as they're concerned, they're buying directly from their salon. Yeah. You know, most clients are not having crossover with multiple salons. So yeah. this is the only store they're ever going to see. It's yeah. their, their salon store. It's got the products that they're that their beauty professionals put in that store and, and they're happy. I mean, they, we stay completely out of that relationship. The only time we're ever involved is if the client has a problem with an order, let's say it gets smashed, the UPS driver runs over it mm-hmm. and they get their box and their products are smashed. Um, they can call their salon and their salon can, their beauty professional can, can do a return right there. Um, you know, hey, the box was damaged and we'll send a new a new product out. Uh, the other thing they can do is they can call us and we can do the exact same thing. So we do have a support line that's, you know, uh, always available to to people who are calling in about issues and we mm-hmm. handle it and we try to always keep the salon in the mix. So they understand what's going on and they have a dashboard. They can go and log in and see any order that's been returned or any order that's been delivered. Um, it's it's, you know, there's a little bit of learning for them to understand how to do all those things. But once they know, it's incredibly easy. And like I said, it doesn't require any management. It's simply if they want to go be proactive and learn more and get more involved. Absolutely. We love that. And they can. But a big part of it is really just getting it set up correctly and then sharing it on their social media, you know, putting it on QR codes at the salon, handing it out to people walking out the door. Um, it's It's all about making it really Really easy to get to because we know humans' attention spans are very short. I'm, mm. I'm probably the worst defender of that. So if I'm going to look for a product and I know my barber has it, you can tell I haven't been to the barber in a while. But if I'm if I'm going to go if I'm going to go try to find my barber's site, right? But I can't find it. I'm mm. I'm like thinking like where would it be? I look at my text. No, it's not there. I go. I, you've got about ten seconds for me. Mm. To, to be able to find that and go, or I'm going to go, oh, but I know Ulta has the same product and I know where Ulta.com is.
0: Yeah, or I well, know
1: Amazon, and I'm, you know, it's it's real easy for them to switch and go back to that old behavior. Sorry, yeah, go
0: ahead. Yeah, no, but I was just going to say for our for our non American audience, when Randy says Ulta, uh, it's yep. very much like Sephora, except it's only based in, mm. in in North America, isn't it? There's like over a thousand stores. Mm. It's a it's a it's it's like Sephora. Everyone knows what Sephora is, um, and yeah, so 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 that's a it's a it's a big box beauty retailer that is pretty much everywhere in the US now. Okay, so so that was really interesting. So I open an account with you, I open a store within uh, Salon Interactive um, and I decide what products are in there. So it's only the, the products that the client sees are only the products that I carry. They can't go off into someone else's store. They can't go off into some salon interactive superstore and and buy other brands or whatever. So they're very much in, in my world still. I brand my own website with my name. It has a look and feel that is is what I want, and I carry the products in there that I want, and Price-wise, they're at recommended retail price, are they? I mean, how does that work? Who sets the price?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the, the brand or distributor fulfilling the product sets the price. So typically they're keeping things around, you know, what we call MSRP or two times salon cost, however you like to refer to it. MSRP is, is typically the easiest standard. Um, we do allow sales on the platform. So now we we're kind of shifting to where I can maybe talk a little bit about some of the features. Um there are components to this where you can actually allow your brand or your distributor to market on your behalf as a salon or a business owner. So that means if you have your clients in the system, so let's say you have, you know, 1500 clients who are in your your system that are people who visited your salon and given you their information, contact information, name, email that and and given you permission to contact them. If they're in our system, brands and distributors and again, this is permission given by the salon. They have to check a box and, and opt in and say, yes, I want this to happen. But we can send out beautiful marketing campaigns and say, hey, 10% off you know, for this M- Memorial Day weekend in the U.S. is a thing, right? Here's, here's a 10% off coupon for this, this brand. Your clients will receive that, but it's coming directly from you as the salon. So our system basically takes that beautiful marketing that was created by the distributor or the brand... And then puts it into our system and sends it out from each individual salon that's associated with that brand. So let's take Kevin Murphy as an example, right? Kevin mm-hmm. Murphy is a, a a very popular product here. I know, you know, it's an Australian brand, um, does very well all over the world. Um, Kevin Murphy can can basically have a sale happen where every salon that carries Kevin Murphy, their clients receive an email saying, "Hey, twenty percent off for you know for this three day period." Mm-hmm. And when they click that link, it takes them to their salon site. So we could send out an email that would go through, you know, 4,000 different salons and hit two, five million consumers. And every single one of those, when they click that link, they're going back to exactly their salon. We're not sending them to some other, you know, they're not going to Kevin Murphy's website. They're not going anywhere else. They're going straight back to their salon site to the Kevin Murphy page. And they're able to. those products there so it's a really incredible tool it's very simple when you really break it down yeah yeah but what we're doing the important thing there is we're protecting the salons relationship with their clients too Mm -hmm. we're not giving up their their contact info the brands and the distributors will never have access to that contact info Mm -hmm. because to us that's that is the salons that's the salon to client relationship that's so important that this industry is built on right but then at the same time, the relationship between the salon and the brand or the salon and the distributor is important. So we're protecting that as well, making sure that we're we're following all the correct, you know, what, what we would hope everyone sees as the correct way to do it, which is we can provide metrics back to Kevin Murphy and say, hey, you know, this many people clicked your marketing email, this many people followed the link, and this many people bought. Mm. But for the, yes. so, but we would never say you know Sally Jane down the road here at you know one one two Fallbrook bought this product we would never pass that level of detail because to us that's the salon's information they're the yeah. ones who own that so
0: the, the so salon owns the intellectual property being the clients absolutely. buying patterns name address email address whatever okay um, that's our what, that's our
1: belief right?
0: yeah what wants to stop me um, if I'm a salon owner. Uh, I, I would not normally carry a lot of inventory that I didn't need because it's tying up cash flow. Mm-hmm. But with Salon Interactive, you don't have any cash flow tied up. So, what's to stop me in my online store putting five, six, seven, eight brands in there that I don't even necessarily use within my salon, but at least yeah. having an online store that has a bigger presence so that? you know um someone can be driven there and go well actually i don't like product a oh they've got product b as right. well i'll go with that instead i mean is there is there a reason why you wouldn't do that or would do that
1: i think it comes down to the individual salon and their brand right what what is it that they're bringing to this world because so far in my experience every salon i've ever been to has something right like they have a look and feel or they have specific techniques they like or it's the personalities in the salon it could be the products they stand behind so for us what we typically recommend is only put the brands in here that you feel some connection to that you feel like you could respond to if a client calls you and said hey what you know why is this olaplex doing this to my hair why did 11 do this when i was using it so we we don't recommend just trying to turn yourself into a mini Amazon.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's what but, I am sort of. But of
1: we do interested. we do have salons that do that. And if their clientele is wildly diverse, and mm-hmm. and they don't have, you know, two brands that really are, 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 again, a handful, four or five brands that really work well for their clientele, they can add as many brands as we have on the platform, as long as they're in the right territory, and they have relationships with those distributors, we don't block them from doing it. We yeah. do recommend again, like our, our thing is make sure your online store is reflective of you as a salon. Because again, like this is just an extension of your salon. It's not this other thing, entity, like you should treat it as an extension of your salon. Now, mm. some people apparently are the, you know, the mini superstore type salons and they've chosen to add every brand that they can get their hands on. Yeah, yeah. And some of them do very well doing that. Mm. But our top seller, I'll tell you that the top seller on the platform carries one brand.
0: Right, okay,
1: fantastic. Right, and and he, he actually is very prescriptive. Every mm. service he does, mm. he hands someone a piece of paper, And on it, his QR code to the store is printed. Yeah, And he writes the names of the products that he wants them to buy. And he hands it to them and he says, you need this. Mm. And that's it, incredibly simple. And he he is absolutely crushed. I mean, he's doing, uh, he's had weeks in a row where he's done $6,000 in retail a week.
0: Mm. For a salon or for an individual? for a single individual for a single individual right okay yeah right so i mean it's 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 an extreme
1: i'm not i'm not trying to say that everyone should yeah that's good but it's yeah it's possible i mean it's Mm. uh, again just just incredibly you know this is someone who's working an incredible amount of hours and very Mm. driven but you know, we have a lot of our, our suite renters, which for mm. anyone who I think most probably know what a suite is, but it's basically yeah, yeah. For, for hairdressers who 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 rent a small room that where they're operating typically by themselves mm. inside of a building with other beauty professionals often. Well, that's but what I meant. Is of, it
0: is that one yeah, person guess, that you're talking about? Is he a suite correct. a suite operator? So it's a, a single salon unit <laughs> Not of really or- not necessarily not really he,
1: he's okay. he's an individual who's also has some clout he, he, yeah. he's a bit of an influencer but basically we have we have quite a few of our suite renters do very very well themselves mm. and we also have salons you know kind of mega salons with 60 chairs that are absolutely you know doing an incredible job with it too so that's kind of been what's amazing for us to learn over and, and COVID really didn't give us much good data but mm. since things have leveled off and we're starting to really see, you know, performers rise to the top in more normal situations, um, we're realizing that the platform really works for almost any demographic so far that we've seen. Mm. It's all about how they choose to do it. That's what's driving their success. It's not, it's not a specific makeup of a, of a beauty professional. It is actually how they operate with the platform. Yeah. And so a couple quick examples that are, like I said, the handing them, a physical note and again keep in mind i I said it's if you can't find the store you've got a problem well now you have a little piece of paper with that qr code on it so it's really easy to find that store Mm. others are doing classes where they're inviting all of their clients you know with a specific hair type to say hey we're going to do a class on the products we recommend for your hair and they're doing it online and then they're linking the products in in that so that anyone who watches this educational piece can go directly to their site and buy the products right Mm. and then Others are really focused on what we have on the, in the platform called product recommendations, and that's the ability to go and grab a specific client in the system and, and put together a curated, you know, two or three products, whatever it is that you're recommending to them. And then when you send that, they get an email saying, you know, Hey, Anthony Whitaker is, you know, your, your hairdresser is recommending, uh, these products to you. You Click that link and it pulls you straight into a shopping cart. It's already filled up with those products that you've recommended your client, and yeah. now it's as simple as check, you know, clicking checkout, and they move on. So that that is an incredibly powerful tool, and that's yeah. something we're—it's kind of like the core of our business because we see that relationship as being so important. And if you send your client a recommendation, they're going to take it a lot more seriously than mm. almost anything else because they're so, like, this is the person.
0: Who so, 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 so the hairdresser is actually putting those products into the shopping cart and saying to the client, these are the products I've used on your hair today. They're in your shopping cart. And then it's up to them as to whether they buy them then, there, right. or the next day, or the yep. next week, or they buy one of them, but not four of them. They can do whatever they want to do with it. But at least yep. at least as a salon as yep. a hairdresser. So you you've done your, your, your role there. Okay, so at least they know, well, this is what you recommend. This is what he's used or she's used. And and uh, yeah, okay, fantastic. Um, all right, I want to ask you about professional. So this is only retail product you don't have, like, as a salon owner, you're not a fulfillment center for me to get my professional color supplies and stuff from or is that something you offer? Or is it something you're thinking of offering or, or what?
1: No, we we offer that today. It's it's very dependent on the on the distributor or brand. So yeah. some of our distributors and brands offer that, some of them don't. So it's due to the way we're integrated. Um, what happens is is especially if they're if if the salon is using a point of sale that we are uh, integrated with, then their inventory list, you know, they can create a PO. We take that and basically pass that straight through to the distributor or brand. And then they just have to finish the checkout. But yeah, we're we're doing that. So they're paying their salon price for all of that. They put together their order and it comes through. Because at the at the end of the day, Anthony, we're we are trying to be the source of knowledge for all products. So we have, you know, an incredibly extensive database. We have over 430 brands now in the platform, and that's continuing to grow. Um, you know, when I started this business, I I had no idea there was even 430 brands. I didn't realize that, but there's more. I mean, we're adding to that. Um, and so they're going to be, you know, they are already able today, we have quite a few salons that are, that are doing this regularly. Hmm. And, um, we're currently in the process of integrating with several other point of sale companies Hmm. to, to build out that feature, to make it even more easy to use. And I mean, ideally automate, right? Because I I can imagine again, that we're not going to find a lot of hairdressers who love doing that inventory piece and running those orders. So we want to try to find ways to automate that part of the business so they can really just focus on what they should be focused on which is you know their relationship with their clients and building their service business.
0: Yeah. So so I I know you said it and I'm just saying it out loud to myself. You've already got over 400 brands. That's correct. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. That's that, that's amazing. Yeah.
1: And, and and to be clear, you know, probably 25 of the brands are are do 90% of what we do on the platform so that we have our popular brands. And then we have a lot of, you know, we have tools, we have all kinds of professional things that are just for the salon to basically anytime we're integrating with a distributor or a brand, we're bringing in all of their products. So sometimes those could be split into, you know, we have an incredible amount of data, basically, and we're continuing to build it out and curate it and make sure that it's accurate. And we have salons, call us sometimes and say, Hey, I don't understand this description doesn't look right. And we've got a product team that jumps in. And if there's something wrong, we fix it. And, and we're actually passing this data back to some of our distributors and other brands saying, Hey, we've made some corrections here to what you sent us, let's, uh, we can continue to improve this. So that's a core part of our business that we kind of offer, you know, to everyone we're working with, which is here's some access to this curated list of brands and products that, um you know, until now has been very hard to find because when you have all the data as the individual salon download, you know, typing it in themselves, Mm -hmm. it's prone to a lot of mistakes and and just ends up being a a challenge to work with. So,
0: yeah. Does it have, I I know the American model between salons and manufacturers, there's a distributor in the middle. And in Europe, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, a lot of the other markets where people listen to the podcast, it's more that they deal with a direct sales force with that manufacturer. I know in the US, you have some of that as well. What I'm I'm thinking about is, when you've got a direct relationship with the manufacturer, there's a lot of perks that come with it you know there's a relationship there's a lot of events there's a lot of stuff that goes on having salon interactive in the middle does it change that relationship at all does it does it lessen that relationship does it have any impact on it at all
1: i i would hope that in fact the opposite is true and that it enriches that relationship because not only are are you now more integrated to that brand the data that you have about that brand is better because we're ensuring that it's accurate. When that brand, so this is, a I love this story and it's, I mean, it's absolutely bonkers, but it's true. When, when we go and and we're working with distributors and and other things, we're we're taking the imagery and the marketing components and things that they have often to to offer to salons to use to market if they want. Right? Let's uh, again not to pick on Kevin Murphy, but to talk about them again because it's easy. Yeah. If if we take their imagery um, or let's focus on that. Let's talk about Paul Mitchell since you. Yeah, okay. yeah, I do a
0: lot of work with Paul Mitchell. So Paul,
1: yeah, mm. Paul Mitchell is a great example. So Paul mm. Mitchell comes out, let's say they come with a new product, right? Mm. And they have uh, imagery around it or they're doing a new campaign and they have mm. photos that are appropriate with that campaign, right? So we take that in and we're trying to go back and like update everybody that we're working with to say, hey, here's the most recent imagery because that's what that's what Paul Mitchell wants used right mm-hmm. they don't want their so what we found is often when we bring these back and we're you know trying to update we've got people out there who are using stuff from not last year but like mm-hmm. years ago yeah. you know outdated ingredients lists out mm-hmm. so that's the other benefit of what we're doing and how we can enrich when especially when we're direct, directly connected with the brand or a distributor who's doing a great job is We're able to bring exactly what's relevant. And of course, to their brand, you can imagine the attractiveness of being able to give us the new imagery or marketing materials. And basically with that, they've updated now all of their distributors and all of their salons in one go, Mm -hmm. rather than sending out mass. you know, hey, here's our new thing. Please download this and get rid of it. Because we know what happens when you do that. The vast majority don't have the time or the space or have any desire to do that work. So that's yeah. what we're trying to do: is help curate, keep everything up to date and and relevant. Because again, ingredients lists are, are incredibly important. Because yeah, yeah. People with, so with all allergies who who like exactly can't use a product, and, and yeah. if you don't update your ingredients list, that, that that's something that could be you know damaging. So yeah, it
0: can be a litigation issue there. Okay, um, yeah. I, I just thought of something else that you know, if I've got ten salons, my buying power, my discount level with a manufacturer is very different so if i've got one salon with two staff what impact does this have on that does every is it a is it a level playing field does everybody you know is the margins the same for everybody because they never actually have any of their own uh cash flow tied up in inventory so it's not like they're placing a big order because they're never placing an order so how does that how right. does that work
1: that's a great question. I don't know if I've ever been asked that before. So I appreciate you asking that. Um, it depends on the brand or distributor. Mm-hmm. Because if they choose to, to tell that 10 person, you know, that excuse me, that 10 location salon group that has that buying power, maybe they've negotiated on the side a slightly different purchase price, right? Because they're buying, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of product a month instead of a thousand dollars, right? So they're giving them maybe a little bit better deal. They can choose to do that in our platform as well. So our platform is there's a lot of power. Almost everything in our platform can be manipulated in a way to to work for the way that industry works. and again, i've I've got to credit you know Jim and his vision for this because it's really set up in such a way that it can handle all those scenarios. So, for example, let's say somebody instead of paying you know fifty dollars for a hundred dollars retail product, they've negotiated, they only pay forty five, right? <laughs> that means in our platform, they can set it to where that salon just gets an extra 5% of every sale because that would basically do exactly the same from a math perspective. And it's and they can set it individually by salon. Mm. So they can say, we wanna give this salon this percentage and we wanna give another. So we as Salon Interactive have a rule that we do not allow anything less than 25% to be given to the salons. Because when we went out and, and tried to understand the market and all the research that we've seen, in a pretty well-run salon doing their retail, they're actually taking home and keeping about 25% of any sale. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people will go, wait a second, it's 50%. That's the, well, if you're ignoring all the the money side of things, and I I don't like to get into that because that's an emotional discussion for a lot of people and they, you know, you get into the dollars and cents and it makes them uncomfortable. But Mm -hmm. basically, most people who've done any research on this in this industry agree, 25 to 30% is kind of, A really well-run salon in terms of like that's their actual profit margin. If they account for all their costs and everything, you know, the rent, the the space it's taking up, any shrinkage, any sort, you know, shrinkage being, you know, things breaking or stuff being stolen. Whatever, yeah. Right. Yeah. Or, or, you know, you're in the middle of a service and oh, I'm out, I gotta grab, grab it off the shelf and use it. You know, Mm -hmm. those are all things that impact your, and not to mention the opportunity cost of the the thousands of dollars that you have tied up on the shelves which again yeah. we're huge proponents of keeping in salon retail I'm never telling people hey you have to get rid of this if it works for you mm-hmm. but if it's thousands of your dollars sitting on the shelf that's not moving and, and you've got your you, you got to pay someone to dust it because mm-hmm. it's not you know that's a that's a moment where maybe you should be thinking like I, I this probably isn't the model for me and maybe I need to be focused a lot more on my online sales because we, we're zero risk mm-hmm. there's no risk if you <laughs> don't make a sale, there's nothing. It's, there's no cost. So yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Is there any particular business model that's embraced it more than another? In other words, is it is it the salon suite model, the independent contractor, the booth renter, or is it the commission based salon? Wh- which which model have embraced what Salon Interactive offer, uh, or is it much of a muchness?
1: I so it's it's amazing that it's not more skewed. Um, but I, I definitely think from a percentage standpoint, our, when you, when I look at the numbers and the way I look at it, I have to, because we don't have pure, you know, when someone joins our platform, we don't know exactly whether they're a suite renter or an independent, or they're a salon with 15 chairs. We have ways to estimate that. And that's mm. depending, are they adding their employees or like the, you know, others who are in the in their salon so they can also use the same store? Because in some cases, if they're all independent booth renters in the same salon, they could each set up their own store, right? You yeah. don't need to set up one yeah. store. So yeah. there, there's some nuance to this, but basically the numbers that we look at is like, is it an individual person who's signed into the store or are there multiple people? Mm-hmm. And it breaks down very similar to where we're like, we're 80% are individual store administrators, right? And when I say store, I mean our e-commerce sites. And mm-hmm. then the rest are like, you know, two to five, five to 10. Like we have it broken down. So we have the numbers, and it's pretty similar to what you'd expect from the United States industry breakdown. Now, that's something we're really interested in in continuing to dig in on. I think the the suite owner, the individual kind of business owner who's on their own has embraced it the most, namely just due to convenience, because they, like you, you said so succinctly, they don't have the space or the money to put product on their shelves. You know, they're in a small area, they have to be super efficient, and every dollar counts when you're trying to run your own small business and and see clients. And so, imagine spending even just eight hundred a thousand dollars on products to put on the shelves. That that's a lot of money to take out of your pocket. That could go into you know buying color or doing other things that could actually you know doing some marketing, whatever whatever the case may be, like grow your business. So we have seen them really embrace and do very well. But at the same time, I don't want to ignore the fact that, like, we've had some really incredible, you know, high-powered, you know, well-known salons just absolutely run with this and do incredibly well. Um, you know, they can give their every stylist credit. So when you're checking out, you have the ability to select who your hairdresser is. So they're getting credit in the back end. Um, that's for, you know, multi-chair locations. Um, you know, they can split their commission internally however they want. So they, Yeah, well,
0: they're that's, getting, what, yeah you know, that's what I was going to ask you. 20, yeah.
1: Right. So we have all kinds of different models. We have salon owners who have said, we're going to give our hairdressers 100% of the commission we get. If it's their sale, it's their sale because there's no risk to me. So I want this as a perk for my people and I want them to really do it because they believe that you didn't finish the service unless you provided the proper home care. You know, that's important Mm -hmm. to them. So they'd rather give 100% of that commission to to the person who recommended it or, or, or made sure that the client bought it. We have others who break it down. You know, if it's, I'll take the 25% minimum. If it's, you know, the salon keeps 10 and the the stylist gets 15, it can be reversed. It could be five. You know, we have people who set up tiers to say once they've sold, you know, $500 in the month, then they move up from 5% to 10%. You know, Mm -hmm. there's different ways that people do it. And it's been incredible to see because there's a lot of creativity.
0: And And, and and that's all built in. work. That's all built into your system. Working that all out, is it?
1: So the record, the recording for all of that is the yeah. recording. They can set up the reporting and see, be able to see who sold what and break it down there. Wow. We're not having each one of them link their bank account yet. We're not yeah. dropping. Yeah. In. So we typically have one bank account that we deliver the money to for each account, and then from there it, it's split up however the salon decides. So that, that's if you it's have in the
0: an employee-based salon. You have, so I've got 10 employees. You have one account that you drop the money into. I'm the salon owner. It's my account. I get a minimum or the business gets a minimum of 25% commission on whatever the product is. And then I can do what I want with that 25%. I can split it down the middle. I can give it all to the stylist who sold it. I can do whatever, you know, pro rata I choose to do. Right. Okay.
1: Exactly. Wow. And, and the stylists have a login. If if the system set up correctly in the salon, the stylists can log in and see the sales that are attributed to them
0: yeah.
1: and yeah. be able to, you know, send recommendations from the platform. So it's a really neat tool. So anyone who's listening that's, you know, interested and works in a salon, you can bring this. And it's very easy to set up. Mm-hmm. It really, like I said, it takes 15 minutes for the basic setup. And that's the high end. Like we've mm-hmm. set it up in seven minutes while recording it on a Zoom call with a client before. Um, it, it's very quick. It's really easy and very straightforward. All
0: right. Well, listen, we we, we we've been talking at hundred mile an hour. I've got like so many notes in front of me. I think we've touched on everything. Uh, I've certainly drank the Kool Aid. So um, you know, I'm 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 a believer in this. I think this is this is incredible. And I I keep thinking to myself, only a hairdresser could have thought of some of these things. So I I think that uh, there's a certain amount of the fact that that is Jim's background, that he sort of looked at this from the professional hairdresser's point of view, as well as having a broader understanding of how it works in terms of technology and the manufacturer. It's a bit of a win-win-win for everybody. And I know there'll be some people that don't like this. I know there'll be some people listening to me that are going, Anthony, this is not what we need in the industry, blah, blah, blah. But this- You, you can't hold change back, and you know technology. The industry is pretty slow on picking up and embracing technology. And and this sort of technology is is uh, has a lot of positives about it. And as I I think I opened up by saying I don't see it instead of I see it as well as. And uh, it, it comes down to that thing you said at some point in the podcast. you said that the amount of people that actually buy online or the percentage of sales that are done online. Uh, I was I was wanting to chirp in and say it's sixteen percent or something because that was a figure I'd I'd read. And then you basically came in with. The same sort of ballpark uh, dynamic, and I I often say to salons, you know, when we talk about retail, because that's often an excuse that hairdressers will say, you know, is I say, oh well, I don't talk about retail because the clients will buy it online, and of course, my my yeah. standard answer is they don't or buy it online. A percentage of them do, and I I usually yeah. use that figure, sixteen percent of people buy stuff online, and then I also say. But in five years' time or 10 years' time, will it be more than that? Well, damn right, it will be more than that. It will continue to grow, but it's never going to be at a point where everyone buys everything online. It's never going to be a point where you go into the mall and all the shops are closed and you go into the high street or the main street and everything's closed because shopping and buying stuff and being in a salon presents a different opportunity. So it's very much uh, and as well as not an instead of. Um, I, I think if you're listening to this, that what you should do if you want to find out more about it uh, is is go to saloninteractive.com website because there's a very simple graphic on there about how it works. And there's some really interesting blog posts there as well. I I enjoyed reading them before we got on the call today about the difference between affiliate marketing and and what Salon Interactive do, et cetera, et cetera. So I I think you've done a fantastic job of it. Um, So over and above saloninteractive.com, the website, whereabouts can people connect with you on Instagram or other social channels if they were intrigued to find out more?
1: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We have, you can just search Salon Interactive on Instagram and you will find us. Um, We have an Instagram account. We are active on Facebook. We, you know, we answer questions if people have support questions. You know, I'd love to hear from anybody who doesn't think this is a great idea too, because I'm, you know, we are looking for feedback on how we can help improve what we're doing to be the fit for, for those of us in this industry who are trying to move things forward and so yeah we love to hear from anybody don't don't feel like you can't reach out and and tell us why you don't think it's right we'd love to hear why you love it Mm -hmm. um and of course we have a support team so you can reach reach us at support at saloninteractive.com with any you know setup needs or things uh of that nature and and our phone number it can be found i'm not gonna say the phone number here but you can Mm -hmm. find it on uh, our website if you need to contact us we have a support team you can reach out but um, yeah, Facebook, Instagram, um, we are there and we are looking forward to hearing from you and hopefully uh, helping you make some more money mm. and meet your clients where they're shopping and uh, finish the service.
0: Good, good. Okay. So listen, I will put all those links uh, in today's show notes for the web, uh, for the podcast. So I'll be on my website, growmysalonbusiness.com in the show notes. Uh, and look, if you're listening to this podcast with Randy Cotton have enjoyed it, then please do me a favor, take a screenshot on your phone, share it to your Instagram stories and uh, tag us in it. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review on the Apple podcast app. So to wrap up, Randy Cotton, thank you so much. You've been an absolute avalanche of information. And uh, I really appreciate your, your honesty and enthusiasm. And just want to thank you for being on this week's episode of the Grow My Salon Business podcast.
1: Excellent. Thank you so much, Anthony. It was a real pleasure and uh, can't wait to speak to you again soon.
0: Cheers. Thanks. Cheers. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you'll find us at growmysalonbusiness.com or on Facebook and Instagram at growmysalonbusiness. And if you enjoyed tuning into our podcast, make sure that you subscribe, like and share it with your friends. Until next time, this is Anthony Whittaker wishing you continued success.